Hello, beautiful souls. In an effort to relieve some of the stress surrounding the coronavirus pandemic, I have decided to release the Soul Flow audiobook here on this podcast for free. There are 15 chapters in total, 17 if you count the introduction and closing thoughts, and a new chapter will be released daily starting Friday, March 20th, 2020 through Sunday, April 5th, 2020. Please enjoy this free audiobook, and if you'd like to support me and my work, consider leaving a review on Amazon or for this podcast, following me on social media. My Instagram handle is author Kristen Martin, posting about this book to social media, and sharing this podcast and my other resources, which you can find linked in the show notes with your friends and family. I am sending love and light to you all during this time. Enjoy the audiobook. Chapter 7. The Attachment Syndrome Attachment is something I've struggled with for years, and for good reason. I think it's easy to become attached to a lot of things throughout our lives. Identities, family members, friends, relationships, careers, thoughts, dreams, the idea of something or someone. I'm certainly guilty of holding on to things so tightly that I don't allow them to breathe, grow, or flourish for not leaving any room for the magic to happen. I find that when I become attached to something, it's because I ultimately want to control it. I convince myself that if I follow these particular steps in this particular order, that it'll give me X outcome. But what I failed to realize is that I was suffocating the already narrow path of inspiration, of soul flow, of life. There is beauty in being detached. There is beauty in uncertainty. There is beauty in just letting things unfold. My attachment syndrome started when I was in high school. I was attached and obsessed when it came to my body image. Although I was perfectly healthy and incredibly fit from all the sports I played, I had an overwhelming desire to be thin. This desire didn't come out of nowhere though. I didn't have a problem with my body until someone else told me there was one. I had never given a second thought to my muscular shape until other people at my school pointed it out. I even had a girl tell me, to my face, that some of the guys at school had said that I'd be more attractive if my ass wasn't so ghetto. That statement carried into my adult years, and it stayed with me all through my corporate career, where I wouldn't dare leave the house without my long cardigan or blazer to cover my behind. That was just one of many statements that led me down an insane path of fad diets, buying diet pills, which are horrific for you, by the way, over-exercising via two-a-days, binge drinking in college, and subsequent bulimia nervosa. I wreaked havoc on my body all because I grew an unhealthy attachment to an idea of how I should look, an idea that other people had put into my head. The problem with attaching to certain ideals, habits, people, or things lies in the level of fixation. To some degree, I'm sure we can all say we're a little attached to something, whether it's your job, your workout routine, your morning rituals, your brunch dates, your relationship, your hobbies, or something else. Don't get me wrong, it's great to give these areas of your life attention and develop discipline around habits and routines. But have you ever noticed that when you fixate too heavily on one area of your life, everything else seems to fall apart? 
Cue Nigel's oh-so-wise words from The Devil Wears Prada. Let me know when your entire life goes up in smoke. That means it's time for a promotion. Attachment is dangerous because it restricts the natural flow of our lives. On a subconscious level, it creates blinders where we only see that one thing and nothing else. In neglecting the other areas of our lives, we send a signal to the universe that it doesn't know what it's doing, that we know better. And I can tell you from personal experience that we most certainly do not. I can recall so many times where the moment I truly let go and stopped caring about something I was attached to was the same moment where that attachment suddenly just showed up out of the blue. This has happened with jobs, relationships, money, friendships, and pretty much any situation you can think of. I remember for so many years the times when I'd start dating again and I'd be so hell-bent on finding a boyfriend. My level of fixation was so high that I'd forego time with my girlfriends, my exercise routine, my hobbies and passions, basically everything that made me, me. How could I expect to find someone to be my partner when I wasn't even a partner to myself? How could I expect to meet someone as half the version of myself? Is that the person I want them to fall for? The one who doesn't take care of the things that are most important to her? I think not. But the minute I let go of finding someone and started treating the other areas of my life like the priority they were, a someone would fall right into my lap, completely unexpected, every single time. This isn't to say that this someone was necessarily the right fit for me. The majority of the time, they weren't. And I've learned that's because I wasn't specific in who or the type of person I was trying to manifest and bring into my life. We'll never get what we don't have the courage to ask for. Write that down. Of course, if something isn't the right fit, it makes sense to let it go. But an unfortunate misconception of letting go is that it's the same as giving up. This is hardly the case. Giving up is admitting defeat. Letting go, on the other hand, is releasing control of the situation, of the outcome. When we give up, we surrender the why behind the attachment. When we let go, we maintain the why, yet surrender to what will be, what will unfold naturally over time. When I first started my entrepreneurial journey, I knew within weeks that I no longer wanted to work in a corporate setting. I knew the typical nine to five desk job wasn't for me. I knew that being told what to do wasn't for me. I knew that what I needed every day was to do something I was crazy passionate about, something where I could express myself freely without worrying what my colleagues, or anyone for that matter, thought. And so I hustled, day in and day out, working long hours only to come home and work even longer hours, but those never felt like work because I was so in love with every facet of building my business. As my business grew, I became overly attached to the idea of when I would finally quit my full-time job. It's great to have goals, but I took it to a level of fixation that wasn't healthy in the slightest. The thought of quitting wholly consumed me to the point where I would write updated resignation letters every couple of months. I became so obsessed with the timing of it all that I completely shut out my inner voice and intuition. I abandoned my guidance system entirely. I snuffed out my soul flow. 
After a number of emotional breakdowns, tear-filled commutes home, and dim lights at the end of the tunnel after a toxic colleague or superior would leave, followed by an influx of inexperienced know-it-alls trying to tell me how to do my job, I found myself at a fork in the road. I could either continue to obsess over something that should have lit me up with excitement, but instead filled me with misery and shame because it hadn't happened yet, or I could surrender to divine timing. Not my divine timing, but true divine timing. The universe's timing. The timing that I couldn't and shouldn't want to control. It was after a particularly grueling meeting with yet another new boss, with my head pressed against the steering wheel in the company parking lot, that I finally surrendered. The agony of trying to force something was just too much. I relinquished all control. I was so tired of feeling defeated that I wanted nothing to do with the decision anymore. And that's when the realization hit me. I'd forgotten my why why I'd wanted to quit in the first place. The fixation on the timing had pulled me so far away from the reason behind it that all I could see was the date on a calendar. So I went back to my why. My goal has, and always will be, to inspire people to be the truest version of themselves, to break out of the mind-numbing box society tries to force you into, to recognize that you are worthy of your deepest desires and that everything can and will happen for you if only you just take a chance on yourself. When I got back to my why, I was able to let go of the timing. I didn't give up on the idea of quitting. Rather, I let go of my attachment to it. I released it and its hold on me. Sure enough, just weeks later, divine timing stepped in and I quit my job. In order to tap into our soul flow, we must release our attachments. If something isn't happening for you, take a look at where your focus is and what you're currently fixating on. Are you showing up every day with a grateful heart and trusting that everything will happen exactly the way it's supposed to? Or are you suffocating your dreams and desires with unreasonable demands and blocking any potential blessings from entering your life? Attachment comes in many forms. Sometimes we may not even realize that we have them, especially when it comes to our identities. I identified so heavily with being a professional working woman, because for a decade it's all I'd known, that it's no wonder my timing didn't line up with that of the universe's. How could I possibly expect to leave something behind that was such an integral part of the person I'd become? I hadn't surrendered it yet. Once I realized this, I knew I had a lot of work to do. It took a lot of time and effort to detach from this corporate identity I'd grown so attached to over the years. Attachment to an identity can be debilitating because once again, we're placing value in something outside of ourselves. Our identities provide a sense of validation, a sense of worth. If not for your identity, who you think you are, who would you be? This is where the soul comes in. When someone asks us about ourselves, our response usually includes a long list of what we've done. I'm a health practitioner, a homeowner, a member of this and that organization. I'm a teacher, a mom, a wife. I'm an author, a business owner, a mentor. It never even crosses our minds to say something like, I am love, I am humility, I am compassion, I am courage, because we don't even know what those things really mean. 
we don't take the time to discover who we truly are. The fear at play, loss of self. But how can you lose yourself when you don't really know who you are to begin with? Loss of self, or in some cases, never getting to know oneself, ensues when there's been a consistent lack of self-expression. Feeling as though you can't express who you truly are can happen for a number of reasons, many of which we've already discussed in previous chapters. To overcome any fear, we must pinpoint the exact moment or moments we were first introduced to that fear. When was the first time you tried to express yourself and felt unsupported, misunderstood, taken advantage of? Can you see how that moment may have caused you to unknowingly attach to an identity or ideal that wasn't actually true to who you are at your core? Detachment requires surrendering, and surrendering requires forgiveness. This is why so many of us stay attached. To surrender something means it's no longer ours. It's no longer a crutch. It's no longer an excuse. Surrendering makes us vulnerable, and being vulnerable is hard. It means we're opening ourselves up to feel. It means we're susceptible to the darkness and the shadows, the hurt and the unmanaged pain from all those years of hiding. But that vulnerability, that's where soul flow can finally breathe. It's only when we surrender who we think we are that we can finally become who we've always been. What are you holding on to? What are you clinging to so tightly that letting go feels like accepting defeat? What in your life is desperately gasping for air? And why won't you let it breathe? It could be your finances, your kids, your partner, your job, your passion, your goals, your aspirations, your identity. You can sit here all day and name everything outside of yourself, but the key thing these all have in common is that they stem from you. Start to ask why you're afraid of the loss. Why are you afraid to lose control of your finances? Because it makes you vulnerable. Why are you helicopter parenting and not allowing your kids to make their own decisions? Because it makes you vulnerable. Why are you afraid of losing your job? Because it makes you vulnerable. I'm here to tell you that it is okay to be vulnerable. It is okay to let go. It is okay to be uncertain. Surrender your fear of loss. Detach from your attachments. By staying attached, you're inviting the external to govern how you think, how you behave, how you live. Soul flow doesn't live in the external. So let go and let live. Reflection. Take some time to identify five things you're attached to. Do you gain anything by holding on to these things so tightly? What are you neglecting by fixating on just these areas? Are there any defining moments from the past that led you to attach to these things? Try to imagine letting go of the reins a little. Let these areas breathe. How different would your life look? What neglected areas could you then tend to? Surrender the control. Detach. Open your mind to another way. The soul flow way.